Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It is International Women's Day, and as a result, uh, we have dedicated the whole show to women's sport. And joining us now to talk ice hockey is Michelle Cox, the director of women's hockey Auckland at the Auckland Ice Hockey Association. Uh, good morning, Michelle. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good. Good. Hey, now, the global girls game uh, that the International Ice Hockey Federation have set up, uh, I I was looking at this today, of course, uh, we had a game in Auckland and our score counted towards the world score, but, I mean, how successful successful has this initiative been? When did it start? And uh, is this the first time New Zealand's taken part? No, so this came all about from um, the 2010 Winter Olympics that were held in Vancouver. Um, and the International Federation just noticed that there was a, like a very big uh, skill gap between North America and the rest of the world. So they came up with a whole bunch of new initiatives to try and bridge that gap, and the Girls Global Game was a part of that. So the first Girls Global Game was 2015, um, and New Zealand's been a part of that basically since day one. So we, obviously, being the first time zone for the day, are normally the ones that will kick the game off, and then the game kind of continues all the way around the world or end up in a, either a North American country. Um, and then, yeah, there's a final score right at the very end. See who wins. Yeah, your team blue versus team white. Of course, uh, team white, I think, yeah. won, won ours, didn't they? Uh, yeah, Angeli Malari yeah. with uh, with three goals. I mean, what is mm-hmm. what is our depth of talent like here? Um, we've got, um, obviously we're, we're a smaller sport, we're not like a rugby or a cricket or a netball kind of thing, but our mm. numbers are growing. Um, so, for instance, say 10 years ago, we had probably about 170 players nationwide. Now, last year, we're up to 415. So it's a huge jump for us. Um, yeah. The depth is growing, even the age group's going. We've got like under nine girls now playing um, and we didn't have that before. So so the word is getting out and more and more girls are picking up sport, which is fantastic to see. I mean, I, I think about ice hockey and, the, uh, you know, I, I mean, I love watching ice hockey, but the one thing that has always held me back from thinking that I could do that or give it a go <laughs> is that, you know, in New Zealand, we don't tend to grow up skating on ice like they do in North America or parts of Europe, right? And no, I just no, that, not with, at all. With, with the history my ankles have, I look at it and go, oh, that just looks like a, an accident waiting to happen. So like a lot of sports, you know, you mentioned rugby or cricket or, or netball mm. where, you know, you don't have to teach someone how to run, but you do have to teach someone no. how to skate, right, first before they can really yeah. do, do what they need to do. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So each of the regions, so you've got Auckland, Canterbury, um, Southern Districts, which is like Queenstown, Dunedin, all that kind of area, each of them will run a learn-to-play program. 
So within Auckland, we've obviously got the two arenas, Avondale and Botany, um, and they have regular um, evening sessions and on the weekend of actually learn to play. So kids can come along, any school age kid, um, right up through the end of high school, and they can actually teach you how to play, um, give you some equipment to try on and, and get, just get used to playing the sport. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, yeah. the the number jump, like you, you say, is massive. Is mm. in terms of the weight of where the players are coming from. Is it from down south where we do have more snow and ice, so maybe there's more opportunity for them to skate? I think uh, originally a lot of the players were from down south, um, like back when the New Zealand Women's Program first started, just because of the pure base and and obviously there is the snow and ice down there. What we've seen the trend over the last say ten to fifteen years is it's kind of been moving north to Auckland and that's purely for the fact that a lot of inline players are up in Auckland, Hamilton kind of area and we're kind of converting them over to be ice hockey players. <laughs> how, how, how easy is it to transfer someone from field hockey to ice hockey? Um, from field hockey, not very easy because obviously you're running compared to ice hockey. Um, yeah. Inline hockey is a lot easier because it's the same basic principles. you just got to get your feet used to being on ice instead of a rollerblade, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's a... Is it a similar movement, a rollerblade to, a, to an ice skate? Yes and no. Um, I know a lot of inliners have trouble stopping, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's probably the main thing for them. But um, but the, obviously the puck handling is the same, the shooting is t- t- typically the same. Um, so a lot of uh, skills carry over, which is great for us. Yeah, well, I guess that's why you got pads. Eh? You don't need to learn how to stop. You got pads. You just yeah, hit the wall. Yeah, as long as you, yeah, and then you've got boards. So if you really can't do it, then you can just crash into a board, and that'll stop you. <laughs> <laughs> now the New Zealand Women's um, Ice Hockey League um, has got a Queenstown team in there, the Wakatipu Wild, plus Dunedin yep. Thunder. Uh, you got mm-hmm. the Auckland Steel, Canterbury Inferno. What are your What are your hopes for the National League in years to come? Uh, years to come, we obviously are looking, um, we, we kind of try and see what the men's league are doing and see, okay, what are they doing? Can we be like them? Um, if not, what's going to work for us? Um, so we've got an arena that's just started up in Wellington. So we obviously want to um, help the Wellington players out, bring them up to speed, create a new team out of there, and then hopefully add them into the mix. Um, there's also a possibility for a junior team in the NZWIHL, like an under-18 team. Um, the men have it, uh, they've had it for, for one season so far and it's been quite successful. So that's kind of a stepping stone that could be um, a pathway for our younger players to, to um, get more experience in that way. Yeah, I mean, we've had no uh, world champs, of course, due to COVID and things. I mean, I think uh, the under-18s missed out on Mexico. Um, what's been the impact of no world champs? Yeah, so we, because I'm, I'm the assistant coach for the under-18 women's team, so we did actually get to go to Mexico. Um, so that was our first world champs in 2020, like right on the cusp of COVID hitting. So that was really good for us. Great experience for, for the girls to get under their belts. Um, obviously, with no world champs, thanks COVID, um, it does take a bit of a hit, but we're just trying to keep the girls motivated, trying to give them opportunities inside New Zealand so that getting the league properly up and running, um, having more competitions, more camps, things like that, just to try and encourage them to, to not drop off. Um, and hopefully with COVID pending, we'll, we'll be able to get back there next year for world champs. 
Yeah, which would be great news. I mean, ha- have you noticed yeah. any regression in skills over the last year or two with no international competition? Um, probably not regression in skills. Um, I think the girls do, like, they, they can still play in their regular club leagues, so that is still up there. I think just the, dare I say it, the fitness level, <laughs> because you don't, for a club league, is different uh, fitness level to a world championship game, you know. So for a world championship, you're going to be at the gym quite a lot, especially over the summer. You're going to be in peak physical condition to go over and play that world championship and then when we're in COVID and we don't get to go anywhere, that kind of motivation to go to the gym every day just slacks off a little bit. But we'll get back into the gym and smarten them back up, I'm sure. That's good. That's good. Hey, you've been coaching for a long time. Uh, in fact, you, you were coaching men's sides before. You know, we've had women coaching uh, men's sides in, in other sports. Um, yep. How did you get into coaching and, and, and why have you been able to achieve what you've done? Um, I got into coaching pretty much when I was a teenager um, and then the National Women's Program took off and I put it on the back burner because I knew I would always be able to come back and coach. Um, I played in the national team until 2012, 2013 and I retired out and then I actually moved to Australia and that's where my coaching really took off over there. Um, So within the Sydney leagues I was coaching the men's teams over there and women's and kids and and things like that. Moving back to New Zealand is when I started to pick up the, the national team over here, the under 18 assistant coach role, and that's when I picked up the, the men's botany form as well. Um, so for me, it was just all about trying to give back to the sport and encourage people to kind of play and basically pick up a passion that I'd had since a kid, really. Nice, mate. Nice. So it's been really yeah. interesting hearing about ice hockey and where it's at in New Zealand in general, um, not just for women, uh, women, but in general it seems to be a sport that is uh, growing uh, year on year. Hey, we yeah. are doing uh, uh, a Mount Rushmore of the top New Zealand athletes oh. of all time, female athletes. So uh, if I can get yours, which four faces are you putting on the Mount Rushmore of greatest New Zealand female athletes? Oh. I'm actually quite liking Sophie Devine at the moment, eh? Yep. Sophie Devine's yep. a great uh, shot. Yeah, yeah. I think she's doing, um, obviously her profile is raising New Zealand women's cricket, and I think for a sports team, that's amazing, and especially now since the World Cup's on as well. Um, yeah, I just think she's doing great leaps and bounds and creating the right, the right kind of waves that need to be happening in women's sports. So she's my vote. She's your vote. Sophie Devine, we'll, we'll, yep, we'll, yep. we'll get the chisels out. We'll get the chisels out. <laughs> hey, Michelle, thanks Good very stuff. much for, uh, for coming on, and best of luck with everything going forward with, uh, with ice hockey in New Zealand and developing that women's game. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.